Hey, Everyday Sniper listeners, you got Frank from Sniper Side here, and I'm bringing you some interviews from SHOT Show, and this particular one has Paul Phillips, Mark Nonsdale, and then their Ford Observer, uh, Mo, who did that 6,000-yard shot out at Vegas just prior to SHOT Show. They're going to break down the shot. This is going to be a little you know, lighter episode because there's only about 20 minutes of them talking about it, but it's, it's going over the ELR stuff that was done at SHOT Show, and I think you're really, really going to like this interview with Paul Phillips because, I mean, he's a no-nonsense guy. We, we've interviewed him before. We've sat down with him at, at uh, King of Two Mile and things like that. So if you're interested in what it takes for this ELR-type shooting, they go over the caliber, the bullets, different things like that, how they were spotting using a Ford Observer because they shot 6,000 yards. So it's important to pay a lot of attention to this episode if you're into that ELR. ELR is a huge growing part of this sport. It's getting a lot of attention. It's getting NRA attention. So uh, when you listen to what these guys are saying, he'll go over some of the accolades that they've won over the last couple years as part of Team Applied Ballistics and things like that. And so, you know, it's a good kind of primer there for guys who are really interested in the ELR-type shooting. But I hope you enjoyed this interview. And like I said, I got a really great interview with Brian Litz. I still got to talk to Mike and get his AAR of SHOT Show, even though he was at the booth and sees things from a little bit different perspective. He had so many of the listeners coming up to him because he's in one place and easy to find. So I'm going to let him address that. So we'll be going forward and we'll be knocking these out about every other day for you. Every three days, give or take, you know the deal. Um, we're, we're pretty consistent with putting out the podcast for everybody to listen to. So... Enjoy this interview with Paul Phillips, Mark Lonsdale, and their Ford Observer Maurice, or they go by Mo, and enjoy. Hey, you got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. You're listening to the Everyday Sniper Podcast, and I'm with Paul Phillips, who over the weekend, just prior to SHOT Show, impacted on a target at over 6,000 yards. With, it was 416 you were shooting, right? 416 Barrett. 416 Barrett. And we got his Ford Observer Mo here. We got Mark Lonsdale here. Everybody who is out participating in the ELR stuff. These are the guys who are doing the world record events, kind of standardizing it. ELR Central, all the different websites on there. And we've had Paul on before, Team AB Shooter, F-Class Shooter. You guys all know the history. Paul, thanks for being here. Hey, great to be here. Yep. So tell us all about this 6,000-yard impact. And just to preface, I just watched the video. I saw the whole thing. I'm, I'm on board with what's going on, and, and we're just going to break it down so people out there listening can get the inside scoop on this shot. Yeah, there was a, just to kind of put a disclaimer out there, there was a short video from Kelly McMillan. He's our sponsor. He was there also and witnessed it. And he, he was so excited that he only caught just a glimpse of a short bit of what happened and the cheering. So there was a little bit of you know skepticism out there, which I'm not blaming anybody. That's a long shot especially for a half inch tall plate. Uh, but anyways, I'll kind of break it down. So I have a new team, it's called Global Precision Group. I have Derek Rogers, the reigning world champion in FTR and also the king of two mile in 2017. And Mark Lonsdale, who's a longtime international shooter in many different disciplines. And uh, we're all hungry, we want to keep it lean and mean with three people. And we came out here to practice and I had contacted Mo, who's a local, and we kind of went to the outskirts of the area of Vegas and we picked an area out because there's a lot of room out here. And we just wanted to practice between one and two miles. Well, I have a lot of sponsors, and one of them was Tacom HQ, who has the Charlie and the Delta, the new Delta. 
And all that is, it offsets the adjustment so you can see alongside your barrel so that you can, and you can get up to 800 minutes of angle with the Charlie now, the new one. So we wanted to just see how far we could go for fun. As long as we were bringing our guns out here for a shot and practicing between one and two miles, we thought, you know what? Let's set up a target and let's just see if we can get a zero and see how close we can get, just for fun. So Mo had a, a 48 by 32 inch tall AR500 steel and he said he'd be happy to set it up for us. And then him and one of my other buddies stayed as a Ford Observer. And we were just, we started to shoot and we put on our Kestrel 5700 AB, uh, all our environmentals into our analytics. The, a, the Kestrel AB only goes to 5500, so we took the information, and I have on my computer, I have the AB analytics, which can go forever. We dialed it in and we started shooting. And it took 15 shots before Mo and my friend John saw the first sand uh, the splash. The splash. Yeah, you guys saw the splash. So then after that, it took us the seventh shot, we actually hit the plate. And we got it all on video. We were testing on a new video system too. And it, it was just amazing. Uh, and I'll let Mo talk about the weather environment stuff later, but we, uh, you know, we were just thrilled to death that uh, the, the, the ballistics worked. And you know, this isn't anything new. We, me and Derek had shot at King of Two Mile, and we both hit at two miles in the competition within five shots. So we knew the guns had the horsepower, and it's subsonic at two miles too. So, but it's crazy, you know, uh, 625 minutes of angle, 1400 feet AGL at max ord, 17.1 um, seconds time of flight. You know, we're talking about some crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, this, this is artillery, man, but it's precision artillery. Yeah, I mean, after, and I'll let, Mo, I'll let Mo talk about it because he was a Ford Observer, but after we got on the plate and hit the plate, the next eight shots I took, which I took eight, uh, 22 to hit the plate and 30 total, but I had like a 10-yard sand area where I was lobbing them in, you know? So I'll yeah. let Mo... And you guys recovered the bullets. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, you need to know also that the previous two weeks has been raining a lot. Mm -hmm. We had a very wet sand, very difficult to spot the bullet. But one down there with John Drolly, uh, we realized that the, the shot crack would take 15 seconds to reach us, and after two more seconds, the bullet would hit the floor. Gotcha. So we learned that little trick to trying to spot the bullet. At first, it was really hard, but then we started to hear the noise, yep. and then we started to see them. And uh, John Drolly was just uh, calling back and uh, giving that direction, and kaboom. It, it happened. It was just fantastic. One of the most uh, exciting, electrifying things I ever done in my life. If I can find a job and do a living with this, I'll sign up anywhere right nice, now. Nice, nice. And um, so give you guys a spec on the bullet, uh, what you're shooting, and all mm, that, and sure. anything, if you got anything. Yeah. So. yeah. so it's a it's a standard 416 Barrett cartridge, supplied by Barrett. It's their product. It's their. Um, it's the 416 Barrett yeah. standard uh, cartridge with the 550 grain cutting edge bullet. Now, I used the same bullet all last year in ELR and I finished in the top three in every event I entered. And then I also hit the two mile mm -hmm. plate. I was there, yep. Yeah, so I hit the two mile with it in my second shot. So we, we already know that these things have been very consistent. They don't have the highest BC as other bullets, but they're very consistent. The reason why we went with the 416 was because, oh, I'm sorry, also propelling it was the Vitavuri 20N29 powder. Okay. So they're about 3,000 feet per second, and the SDs are around 2 to 8 
single digit, mm -hmm. and which gives us the you know low extreme spread, which at these distances, you know, our elevation stays pretty darn good. So that's the round. Um, I already talked about the uh, applied ballistics and the solutions. But anyway, we were just, you know, practicing as a team, you know, and... Uh, I, in the video, I, so I watched the video, and you had that time of flight, so Paul's hesitating there, he fires the shot, and he's just getting it in, and he's letting that second round go, and right. you hear in the video the camera system you guys have. Right. You hear the impact through the camera system. Right. Your second shot is still in the air, which is yeah. what Kelly filmed. Right. And so that's where that confusion comes right. in. But you launched it, and because it's 17 seconds, yeah. you get up to a cigarette, walk over to the I actually camera. Shot, I actually shot about one to two seconds before you heard the splash yes. on the plate. And the reason I did that was, when you're shooting 3.4 miles and the wind, you can't wait around. You have to get them down range. Yeah. So I was trying to get as many rounds as I could. I was trying to go for three shot groups and hopefully one of them would connect. You, it's kind of like, you know, firing like two or three shots at a time when you have a lull in the wind. Yep. So it just so happened that was my first shot, my three shot string. And of course, when I heard the impact, 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 I kind of got up off my rifle and was excited and. I probably should have just stayed it and kept shooting, but I was so, you know, well, of excited course, and six thousand yards. And you know, you did it with and, a precision rifle. And, and I'll tell you this: so people ask, well, you know, what's the accuracy? Well, Mo, after I hit the first impact, can you tell everybody what you saw of those last Absolutely. eight shots? All, all the other shots that came in were pretty much within ten yards. They were very close to each other. So somebody very. know they were being shot at. Very exactly, very yeah. very accurate. Yeah, very impressive to see. And the thing is, we were going to put a bigger target for recoil. We we're going to put a bigger target out right, there, like right. an eight by eight. But we thought, you know, I'm just going to get a zero, so that before yeah, they come, so, it, so like I don't said. look like a fool out mm -hmm. there, you know, and can't hit nothing. So, and then we hit the plate. Nice. <laughs> so it was kind of our practice session, you know. Yeah, hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's yeah. the whole thing. And in this technology, we're pushing that envelope to a degree which is just gonna make everything closer that much better. What you learned at 6,000 is gonna now apply so much more at 3,000, because we, what we saw even down King of Two Mile and the different things we did with the world record event, 2,500 became doable by almost everybody. Absolutely. So we're extending that range where it used to be a mile, it used to, you know, now it's like all you guys are, are, are hitting religiously at 2,500. Oh yeah. So with the six thousand, if we keep pushing that envelope, three thousand, thirty-five hundred is going to become routine. Yeah. I mean, this is equipment. our this is our first time ever doing it, just to see what would happen. And we've actually identified several things that we need to work on better because the errors were magnifying at the farther distance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so what's the wind doing at fourteen hundred feet above the line of exactly. sight? Exactly. We actually knew. <laughs> we, we came up away. Um, it happened to be. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's uh, your max sword of, of 1,400 feet. So we knew the environmentals at the shooting point. We knew the environmentals at the target. But it, you've got this this 1,400 foot AGL max sword. Fortunately, there was some balloonas just off to our left. Nice. And these balloonas launched, and they didn't go anywhere. They literally went up. They just hovered in the air for about a half hour, and they came back down. So we knew that the upper wind was also cool. I right. mean, we couldn't have had three better days in terms of wind conditions. Nice. Well, yeah. It, yeah. It, well, this is what we have now, where the winds are 25, 40 miles an hour for the last three days. Yeah, but the, I mean, originally we planned to do an eight by eight drywall target, 
So one of the other things we learned that we would also next time lay a target on the ground. Yes. So we could actually quantify the near hits. In which drywall, yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, these bullets are coming in at, at like 70 to 80 degree angle. We were digging them out of the ground almost vertical. So we need to capture, the, so the target is almost, it's, it's plunging fire. Yeah. So we're into a whole new area where we're going from direct fire to artillery fire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, you sh if your bullet hits the ground 100 to 200 feet behind the target, that doesn't tell you how far over the target you went. So how do you adjust for 100 foot long right. when, when there's and, no rock face behind yeah, it? Another thing, too, is, Frank, is uh, after, after we did it and we were thinking back, that plate was straight up and down. Yes. The yeah, angle yeah. the bullet came in, this is 32 inches, but the angle, it was more like 20. Yeah. The bullets are seeing a third of the plate. Yeah. So that, so really the next time. The danger space is near, non-existent. Yeah. So really we should have, you know, tilted it yeah. outward so that it was more. You, you got quarter inch AR and that's your danger space. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a ridiculously small target, but it was a lot. And like um, Paul said, I mean, we went out there to practice and have some fun. Um, we now know that all of our guns shoot sub half minute of angle. We all, we're as shooters, we're all shooting sub half minute. I mean, I got my new 416 uh, on Friday night. We literally put it together in the desert at sunset, zeroed at 100, went straight to a mile, shot an eight inch group. So half MOA at a mile with a brand new gun. And those are big old buses going down range. I mean, you can see the trace, just unbelievable. And the impact is so much energy. Yeah. You know, we've got twice the energy as a 375 shy tag. Nice. So if it hits the ground in an area where there's veg, you're going to see something. And, and just a little fun fact to go with, you, with you, how accurate you guys are. Uh, at King of Two Mile, when Mark shot, Mark had the best group <laughs> on the frame and nobody correct because no, it didn't really make anything. No one saw the impact. I was in the tent on the and was watching it and felt yeah. so bad. I was like, because Mark literally, the Five frame... Minutes. Five and a half inch group at 1550. Yeah, five and a half inch group. And, and, and it was like, all he needed to do was come over a foot and you were there and it was it was fun. But it's, yeah. it's frustrating because yeah. that far away is such a tough deal, man. And we're just learning more every time. Uh, I got the bullets here. I got the recovered bullets here. He's got an he, interesting story how he found the bullet. Yeah, go ahead, well, tell us. Um, I saw the impact and I saw what the bullet went, but uh, when shooting was done there was no way to find them but mm -hmm. i saw this the exact spot i went down there two days later at night with a metal detector and about uh would be maybe eight nine inches yet it was nice it came out and we brought it back so the the interesting thing here is like everybody jumps on facebook and goes uh you claiming a record everybody claims a record we had no intention of claiming a record. I didn't we're not even claiming a record. We're not even calling it a record. Right. Um, but what we're saying is, we have high quality video of both the shooter and the target. Um, we've got a documented six thousand plus yard hit. So if anyone wants to have some fun at this game, just document it. You know, do it right. Go out there, have some fun, and good luck to you. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and, and I never saw you. I watched the whole thing. I never. You never guys never no. claimed the record that I saw. I think people put words in our mouths. And, well, and, I, and, I always say let the public determine what because they're right. gonna they're gonna call it how what they want. I mean, I've had a lot of people 
in interviews and stuff, and then I have to say, well, we're not claiming a record, but it, you know, well, it, it, it we're, was our. We're it, doing a, 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 a standard for a record, right? And it didn't meet the standard, but you still got the hit. Okay. This I mean, is kind of this got, is kind of its own category. Right. You could have got two you know out of I mean? three hits on that plate, and sure. it still wouldn't have done the yeah. standard we've been talking about. But at the same time. Who else has done anything like that under the control conditions that we're looking at yeah. where everything is being vetted from every angle? So you have to give it credence. And yeah. your pedigree, your guy's background is enough to say this isn't somebody for no reason lobbing rounds wildly into the air because, you know, you throw enough rounds down range, eventually everything gets hit. Yeah. But that's not what took place here. So really, on a spotting standpoint, it was seven rounds to hit that target. Yeah. Correct. You know, it but was, you had to have yeah, the, you have yeah. to have dope ahead of time, and that's right. what it's about. But am I wrong if I say that that was history in the make? Oh yes, it's the beginning, man. It it would be Go the ahead. first part of the history. I'm, yeah, you're I, I'm, I'm absolutely, man. Uh, it's never done before. Mm -hmm. This is the very first time. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you that also, we have the target, all signed up, and been stored away. If somebody uh, wanted to think see of it. it, think of it this way: a guy goes out there and say he's a thousand-yard shooter, and before he goes to any competition, before he goes to anything that he's doing with that rifle, he's got to dope the rifle. What's mm. the first thing you got to do? You're going to zero it, and you got to dope it. And that's all you guys said you were doing, but yep. you were able to dope the rifle we're, at six thousand yards. That in well, you, itself is you incredible. Can, I mean, you can call up a dozen guys and ask for their one-mile dope, their two-mile dope. Mm -hmm. But who do you call and ask for six thousand-yard exactly. dope? That's my so, point. I mean, that's yeah. why. I mean, that's right now point. we well, have information that yeah. will put us ahead of the game next time. We, yeah. um, you know, yeah, that's my point. We weren't just doing this for fun. We were also testing new equipment with companies. Um, you know, we were doing bullets and scopes and we got the Charlie and the Delta. So we're doing mm -hmm. other things for companies to, you know, push the future, innovation, products, equipment. And the only way we can do that is to stretch it further and yeah. see what we can do. Now, I'll tell you this, you know, there's a lot of debates about what solutions to use and whatnot, but you can't knock AB. I mean, we've been winning competitions, doing cold bore shots, and you know, I think I've, we've got five championships now with ELR. Um, two world, two King of Two Mile Championships, two NRA Championships, two World Longest Shot Challenge Championships. The first world that was all with AB. So, say what you are. I, I mean, I I know that when I'm as a competitor, when I go out, that's what we use. We use AB. That's the majority. Let's be honest here. I we're teaching people and what I see, it's 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 the go-to app for so many people or software. However you want to look at it. Yeah, there's ones that do other stuff, and and you can debate. How did you true? What did you do? All that. But the solutions are solid once you put in the effort. The thing is, is garbage in is garbage out. And you, you guys know the software. You understand you work directly with Brian. And so th th there, there's a viability there, but you, you have to pay attention. Yeah, that's one thing I'll say again, I'll stress this. You have to have all the data correctly. If you miss anything at all, any, any input, you're gonna be off. And you need to practice. To know it, to, yeah. to vet it, yeah. and you know, and tune your rifles and, and work together yeah, as a team. We collect muzzle velocities prior to every time we shoot. You, well, you had the lab radar running while you were shooting the yep. whole thing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, let's put it this way. You guys are doers, not talkers. Yeah. You're out there doing it. You weren't building it up. You weren't hyping it. You knew what you did. You had a mission. You had a plan, and you executed. And it, there's success in that. Well, I mean, if we're banging steel, 
and all of a sudden one drops low right, 10 to 1 we'll look at the radar and it'll tell us that it was Absolutely. low Absolutely. Right. We right. saw every shot we were keying down to those guys, it's probably going to come in long. It's probably going to come in short to help them because we already know that if it's less than confirm. It's like every time they told, oh, expect to be longer or shorter, it was. And that's it communication. Was exactly yeah, right. that one. And we're watching, we know that one's going to go long. Yeah, when you're shooting two to three miles and beyond, you know, the velocity tells a story. Nope, there you go, man. This is this is some fantastic stuff. I think it's really, really good, and, and it's great to see guys pushing the envelope. You know, we're fully behind all this ELR and what's going on. And they people have to understand. I get the skeptics that are out there. I get the people that don't think. But that makes everything we're doing closer, better, and easier. And that's the point. And one thing I'll say is, and this is I'm not trying to be arrogant or egotistical, but... You know, there's a lot of talkers on the internet. Please just come and compete at the King of Two Mile. Come to an event and watch. And, and we're all friends and we get along, yeah. but just come and let's watch it. You know, you've been to King of Two Mile, mm -hmm. and once you see it, it starts to make sense. Yeah. And yeah. these things aren't fake. These yeah. are real right. things that happen. Well, I was even goofing with you when I did the Valkyrie at 2100. Yeah. You know what I mean? I rec there's Every time I shoot, there's a camera. Both ways like you guys do. We have all that information. And the only thing was Brian had shot the rifle and he got like one or two and we knew it was dope that 2100 with the Valkyrie. He said, hey Frank, you want to shoot it? I said, sure. I got on his gun. He's like, oh, I'm right around here. Now I doped the wind because we had crazy winds. We were like 14 mile an hour winds when I did that. Sure. I launched my first one, I hit. I launched my second, I hit. I launched my third, I hit. But it didn't meet the standard because Brian was shooting the gun before me. Exactly. And so I didn't come out and say, hey, I did a record because I got, now I goofed with you on the internet. Right, in right, In the back right. in private. I said, yep. hey, I went three for three, and, but it was a pre-dope gun, right. and that's not part of the game. And it, 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 the thing is, I had cameras up and running. Yeah. I had yeah. witnesses there and the whole thing, and that's what we're talking about. Well, actually, me and Mark sat down for many nights thinking about those rules and that was one of the reasons why I put that stipulation in there mm -hmm. you know you could just shoot shoot and get your dope and then hurry up and shoot three shots it's yes. really it's really not cold war right we, we tell know? people if you want to be a world champion you got to turn up at a world championship yeah if you want to be an Olympic champion you got to turn up at the Olympics yeah so unless you if you want to be an ELR champion you got to turn up in front of your peers on match day under match pressure and perform yeah you can't do it in the backyard where you shoot every day right. for the last right. 12 months yeah yeah I'm with you. No, it's all good stuff, man. This is fantastic. I really appreciate you, you, you talking to me. Maybe next year you come with us. Yeah, I'll come. Well, as long as I had a bit of drama this year, so I hadn't been doing anything. No, I mean for this next uh, four-miler. Oh, the four-miler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was this was a tough year for me and stuff like that, and, and I got to spend four shots, so we'll do this again next okay. year. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're, our next one's four miles. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. Hey, I really appreciate you guys giving me this much time. And we're at shot in the middle of it. You're probably going to hear some background noise. But, hey, guys, thank you. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Mo. Thanks to Mark. Fantastic stuff. Really good. I hope everybody liked that interview. I thought it came off really well. And it sounded great, too, for being in the middle of shot show and doing that. Um, you know, with all the background sound, I, you can hear the, the crowds back there. But, um, like I said, ELR is fast becoming one of the growing spaces within Precision Rifle. 22 is huge. ELR is huge. And then you have kind of competition in the middle, which is holds it all together. And it's just another extension of competition shooting because, I mean, that's what they're doing. They're doing these world record events where, you know, like Mark talks about in the interview, you got to show up and you got to perform 
under pressure, and it's a first-round, second-round, third-round hit to call it a world record. Uh, we brought up some of the standards that, I mean, not so much in this interview, but in the past. We were talking about the standards that we're going for. You know, when I shot the two two four Valkyrie with uh, Brian Whalen, and I got a first round, second round, third round hit at 21-12 with the Valkyrie. But the gun was pre-doped from Brian. So it technically doesn't count within this world record. Look what I did. Yay, me. It's just, hey, you went out there and had fun and you did well. So you could talk about it a little bit. But you can't hold it up as something to, you know, copy or to be that. Because we're trying to get a standard. And what these guys were doing is they were doping their rifle so that down the road when they go to do it, they had some actual data. Because of SHOT Show, because of the deserts out and around uh, Las Vegas, you know, you can go out there with people who know. You could find these places and put targets out. And, and one of the big things they were looking for was that sandy ground to hope to see splash at that distance. I mean, seeing splash is one of the hardest things to do. Once they found, I mean, it took them 15 rounds to find the impact. Once they found the impact, it took seven rounds to walk on target. Think about that on a smaller scale. If you got a brand new rifle, brand new caliber, something you don't know about at all, you're going to look up some basic tri-dope data, and then you're going to fine-tune it into the center and write that number down. That's exactly what they were doing with this 6,000-yard shot. And so you you have to put it in context. You have to look at these things. And, and the biggest, biggest, biggest takeaway I would tell anybody out there listening is the farther we shoot and become more accurate at, even if it is a little bit of a walk-in on the target in the beginning, I mean, we're looking at it under a microscope, amoeba stage, right? But that's making that 3,000 yards that much more easier to achieve with first round, second, and third round hits. We're starting to see the distances push out farther where people are actually able to hit these targets on command. And again, it's all about your conditions for that day. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. You can you can almost can't guarantee the winds are going to be favorable. They talked about the balloon going up and not moving. So they had favorable winds. You know, the the area to see splash and to find where it hits. When I shot the Felix Canyon Ranch, there was a full day out there. We couldn't see a single splash because of the way the sun was, the conditions, anything. Then we went out on the second day, and you can see splash, and we had already moved beyond what we were doing at 4,000 yards. And then it's like, well, damn, I want to go back to 4,000 yards because I actually can see something today. And, and so light conditions matter, wind conditions, you know, environmentals, all that stuff. But the goal should be to be able to do it not only on command, but to be able to repeat the hits. You know, you throw enough lead down range, eventually everything's going to get hit down there. But you if you can call your shot and say, listen, first, second, third round, and, and do that, or be within a reasonable, you know, point of how many rounds you shot, well, then that makes a big, big difference into saying, yes, I actually did something. It's right. It's accuracy and precision that's predictable and repeatable. You know, we talk about this in our class and stuff. You have to have that predictability. You have to have that repeatability when you're doing this stuff. So take that kind of thing to heart when you're listening to these guys talk. And, and again, then I'm going to be editing up the Brian Litz one. I got the Team Recon Sniper one that we're going to talk about on top of doing the episode with Mike to get his feedback from an exhibitor standpoint. One of the guys came on a Sniper's Hide today 
and we were talking about some of these uh, uh, episodes that were going to be coming forward, and they wanted to know a little bit about behind the scenes at SHOT Show. And really what you have to understand, it's work. You're there to do a job. The only thing is you happen to be in the, you know, the party capital of the world, so everybody thinks it's just one big party, but you still got to be able to you know, work all day on your feet, moving, doing all the stuff. Like I, you know, I was saying in one of these episodes, I just according to my watch, just walking, I'm knocking out 725 to 750 calories from just walking a day. And, and, you know, that's quite a bit of walking, quite a bit of movement and things like that. So shot shows, you know, not necessarily the fun and games when you're working the show. If you're just going there to see what's going on and you kind of can get in the door that way, well, it's a different story for you. Because if you don't want to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning or be there, I should say, at 8 o'clock in the morning, you don't necessarily have to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. You can sleep in at 10 and maybe not miss your favorite things. But for guys who have to work it, I mean, we're all showing up and in, in, in rallying together at 7, 7.30 in the morning to have breakfast and being at the booth by 8 o'clock, if not a little earlier, to get set up. I averaged about 7.45 a day being in the SHOT Show. And then from 7.45 till 5 o'clock, if you're dealing with something like Mike deals with, then you got to tear the booth down or, you know, put the guns away at least and do all that stuff and lock everything up that can get stolen and then take it back and put it up and put it down. And then they got to break down the booth on Friday. This is a work week for people. It's not, you know, hey, I'm in Vegas and I get to be party guy. It, it just doesn't actually work that way. But thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for commenting. Keep on commenting in that Podbean app. Keep on coming over to Sniper's Hide and and giving us your feedback. We love it. We love talking to everybody. Uh, It's been a great thing. And continue to call Mike over at Mile High. He digs all that and and likes talking to everybody. But, um, you know, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this. And we got a couple more to give you. Thanks a lot.